Let's uh, start with a couple of things. Uh, first of all, let's go through question number one that we received, which is, I'm preparing to record myself reading the sales conversations. Do you recommend starting over if I mess up or should I go all the way through no matter how many times I mess up? That's a great question, right? So I would just go all the way through. All the way through, right? Because uh, this could take forever if you don't if you don't do it that way. You're gonna say the wrong word. You're gonna mess up. Just go, hey, scratch that. This is the actual way to do it, um, and go all the way through. Then you've got at least one version done, which is which is 99.999% more than any other agent on earth is doing. So now you'll have that. Then after you start listening to this, you're going to start noticing from hearing it how you want to add your tonality, inflection, uh, upswings, right? I'm Ron Burgundy or I'm Ron Burgundy, right? That's an upswing and a downswing. You're going to start noticing these types of things. And then when you go to record it a second or third or fifth time, I mean, literally, I would do this I, I, back back when I was, you know, maniacal about this. It was once a month going back through and dropping it again because I would learn more. And I'd be like, oh, now I get it. Now I understand. Right now I should do this. So but the main thing is you're just trying to learn the words. Once you know the words, just think about it, you're, you're creating a Rolodex for your brain, right? So that Rolodex is going to be like, um, well, you only take a 30-day listing. Do, 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 do. Oh, boom, I've got this response. Now, after time, you're going to start putting it into your own words, your own conversation style. All of that will come through, all right? So second question, uh, give us the secret sauce. How did you get so good at delivering your conversations? Uh, it was literally one hour a day of conversation practice five days a week for probably five to six years. And then, and then from there, it never really stopped. Then I started teaching it. And of course, hosting role play uh, sales conversation sessions, um, doing all of that. One of the things that I did that I think really helped, uh, especially early on, is I had my sales conversation book. And here's one of the things I want to let you know. The reason I was so motivated to do this, and I always kind of make sure people understand this story, is for whatever reason, I, I was um, you know, matched up with as a, an, a, an assistant to a top producer who was one of the best and had been practicing this for years. And so she really brought me into this and she was making more than almost anyone else in the entire office. Um, she practiced all the time and her practice was she had a different role play partner for every day of the week for a half hour a day, five days a week. And it was like early, it was like 6 a.m. She had people in Canada that she would role play with. Uh, she had people on the East Coast, uh, the West Coast all over and then she would shift them out through along along the way because again getting different people and having that one-on-one -on -one. now with our organization we have role play practice that you're more than welcome to attend every monday and thursday uh, we can get that link out for you and you're more than welcome to join ours group role play is great it is going to help you're going to have somebody leading it you're going to hear these different things they're they're, they're wonderful Nothing on earth is going to improve you as fast as role-playing with another person for 15, 20, 30 minutes a day 
and you going through these conversations because that's how it's going to be in real life. Now, the reason it holds up people from doing this that, that, that hold them back is the biggest piece. They don't want to take that extra step. And I'll be honest with you, it's hard getting role play buddy and buddy yet's. They're going to not show up the first day and you're going to get, you know, irritated. They're going to be like, hey, my kid got sick. And you're like, man, why did I try to buddy? It's like having a gym buddy. It's like all of a sudden the first couple of days are great. And then it's like, oh, they ghosted. So just expect that and be okay with it. You're going to find this core group of people that are all about it, that are going, look, I'm committed. I'm excited about this. Um, And they're going to show up, show out. Right. And so every day you just go, hey, look, I really want to work on my objection handlers. So Susie or Dan or whoever it is you're, you're, you're role playing with, would you mind rattling off the objections to me in any order you choose? And I'm going to try to respond to them as best I can per all the information that I learned, right? Now, you're going to do that if you get stuck. Just like if you're quizzing for a test, they're going to be like, ah, you, you know, here's what you said. Here's what the book says. And you're going to like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. I see what I did there. Okay. In a few weeks, you're going to see such rapid improvement. It's going to blow your mind. Okay. So I strongly recommend if you can't do five days a week, two days a week, three days a week, we saw the schedule with Tiger Woods. It's the more amount of time that you put into this, the more you're going to get out of it, right? The more, the more response you're, you're going to have. So, so it just really comes down to, to, as we, we continue to say, what level do you want to play at, right? Um, number three that we received, in general, should I commit to learning one or two sales conversation books from back to back before moving on, uh, or should I be learning conversations from multiple sources at once? That's great, right? So here's the thing. You obviously are going to want to do one book, get that recorded, Then a second book, get that recorded. And I don't know how many sales conversation books there are out there. There there might be five, six, ten. I I don't know. Um, Obviously, hearing these as you go through them, I would only start with two until I feel like I can spit fire. Like until I know that I've got it so internalized, I am not even worried about it for a a second, that it sounds natural, uh, all of that, right? So as I said, in the morning, you're going to, what I did is I just kept Googling like best sales conversation for a, for sales by, for, for sell by owner call or best, uh, sales conversation to use for, uh, door knocking, right. Or for door knocking golden letters or whatever it might be at the, at the time. Um, and I would see different styles. There was very, and I, I will joke about this. There were styles out there that just, I thought sounded so insane, but I still tried them, right? They, they had pattern interrupters and, and people would call up and uh, my, good, my good buddy and, and business partner, he has one that he uses all the time when he's, when he's calling agents to talk about agents, uh, possibly joining our organization or team. And he'll call up and he'll be like, hey, this is, uh, this is Owen. Hey, did I catch you just walking out of a million dollar listing? That's his opener. And usually the person would be like, no, no, um, no. And he'd be like, oh, oh, good. So do you have a few minutes? And then that would be his pattern interrupter. And they would either laugh and he loves it. It works for him. 
right? So you try different things along the way. If you call, if you're calling your center of influence and you don't really have a center of influence sales conversation, right? You're just trying to call and have a reason to call. So you're just trying to sound smart instead of being like, Hey, uh, what, what all these sales conversation practice does is it reduces the resilience to make the call, which is what limits us from our income. When you feel comfortable about what you're saying, you're, you're such in a better place to be like, all right, I feel good about this. I'm gonna be able to say this. No, I'm, I'm not, they're not gonna think I'm a goofball. Boom, let's fire it off. So yeah, I would say try to nail down one or two of them and then start plugging that jack into your head and going, okay, I got the chopper. Now I need the fighter jet. I need to now learn judo. I need to learn karate, whatever it is go on from there, but try to get that one or two down first. Uh, and then last one before I go to the chat box, so I'm committing to a consistent role play schedule in 2024. What are your top three pro tips to making it a successful role play session? Great question. All right, so here's, here's how to have successful role play sessions. Number one, always end in success. So if you're role playing with your, the partner, if you're the buyer and, and you're the agent or vice versa or whatever it is, right? You're going to want to make sure when you're doing this, that as you're going through all of these conversations, you end in success. So if, if the person that's uh, role playing with you is just trying to drill you and be like, got you and ask you random things, be like, okay, progress, progress. Even if it's not the textbook answer, still end in setting the appointment, getting the, the agreement signed, um, getting the negotiation accepted for the inspection objection. Um, what I find people don't practice enough is we practice a lot on how to get the business, right? We do a lot of outbound lead generation practice. We don't spend a lot of time on price adjustment conversation practice, which is the most valuable thing you can possibly do, especially as a high performing listing agent, your ability to get people to realize that the price they're at is not going to get the home sold and they need to adjust mastering how to have that conversation to leave that with your sellers still liking you. It takes skill. It takes technique, um, saving deals from blowing up, uh, Perfect example. My uh, my wife Catherine, she's a real estate agent. She comes home last night. She was like, my my buyer deal blew up. The freaking uh, guy that came back to give a quote for the mudjacking came back to the buyer and told her that the whole house was sinking. And so now she called me up and she's freaking out and and says that she doesn't want to move forward even though we already had an inspector look at it. In that conversation, depending upon what she could say to her buyer. Could she have saved that deal with the right words? Maybe, maybe not. But if she never practices these kind of conversations, right? And I rate buyer being like, this house is, I can't believe it. Da, 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 da. You're not trying to convince them to buy a house that's not safe or, or safe. You're trying to deliver options to them. You're bringing them off the ledge, right? Like, don't jump, don't jump, don't get crazy, don't jump. You're bringing them off the ledge. And because you practiced it, you bring them down nine levels of crazy and you might just save yourself $15,000 instead of going, yeah, we're this house is screwed. There's no way. Okay. So you want me to terminate? I'm not saying that's what she said, but right. Okay. So you want me to send over the paperwork? 
So you want to go start looking at houses again? Goodness sakes. Come on, Jackie. You want to go back out and start looking at houses again? What's wrong with you? This is why we practice, right? All of real estate is just psychology at its finest. It's the art of people are going to do something one way or the other. You as a consultant or help guiding them. You're, you're here to just guide them to not make a stupid decision and not to overreact, right? So think about pricing conversations, inspection objections, price adjustments or price improvement conversations, your conversations that you have with other agents, because I find that we don't practice that a lot, right? We practice buyers and sellers, but there's a whole nother world of crazy that we have to deal with in a buyer agent or a listing agent in this mix, right? So those are, those are a lot of the um, things we have to think of. Um, yeah, and, and Anna said, yeah, providing options has been one of the most powerful pieces of advice you've ever given to me. It's been a game changer. Yeah, again, it's all about options. I'm never telling anyone what my opinion is, what I recommend, what I suggest. Um, it's all trying to work through this process of going, there's options. You can either do this, this, or this. Then they go to something crazy and you go, well, here's my concern. If you take that option, did you think about this? Well, then I'll go to this option. I understand that. Let's play that out. Here's, here's some of my concerns. And then usually there's an option that's the most logical, that's a win-win for them and you and the seller or the buyer. And that's the one that makes sense. It's just sometimes they're so, right? They're, they're, their car got dented at the grocery store by a shopping cart. The package that they thought was going to come for grandma for Christmas Want to see my house freaking out, right? Didn't come and it got delayed. So now we got to go figure out what grandma's going to get. Everyone, especially right now, is dealing with a high level of extra anxiety at times because we've got family coming in. We've got things happening. Kids are out of school. We don't, I mean, life is stressful. One of the greatest things you're going to earn or learn, earn, learn to earn, but one of the greatest things you're going to learn is your tonality. I, I hope as we go through this, first level, get the words in your brain. Second level, get the tonality and how you say things. Third level is then matching and mimicking and looking at this and going, okay, if they're from the South, I'm not going to act like I'm from the South, but I'm going to slow down. I'm going to speak a little bit different than if they are from California or if they're from New York or anything. The whole thing about communication is making the other person feel comfortable and they feel most comfortable with themselves because they've heard themselves their entire life. So then when you start getting your in-person presentations, then you're starting to do simple things. If their elbows are on the table, you sit up and put your elbows on the table. But not weird, right? You're just going... This person's like me. So my brain goes, they must be good because I'm good. That's all it is. Okay. So a lot of that is going to come through that. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to share with. So if you have any other questions about conversations, how to win with, oh, so let's go back. So we always end in a win, number one, with, with role play sessions. Number two, we made it fun. 
if I got an objection handler that I didn't have a response to that made logical sense, it doesn't have to be the textbook response, but if it didn't continue the conversation, my penalty on that role play session was I had to write out that objection handler five times. Right. So I'd be like, dang it. All right. You know, it's like on the chalkboard. Uh, I will not skateboard in the hallway. Right. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of the Simpsons. Um, right. But I'm writing down all of these things. So I never mess that up again. So I know all of us study different and some of us were good students. Some of us weren't. Uh, you know, Everybody's on a different scale. But this this art of going through this is going to help you immensely. OK. Um, so write down the objection handlers, always end in a win, have different partners. If you're role playing live, you're going to be back to back, right? So we want to be back to back in a chair so they can't see me and I can't see them. If you're simulating being on the phone, if you're simulating being at a listing appointment or a buyer consultation, then obviously you can face them because you're going to see these people in, in real time. Don't forget, you can get a free Zoom link so you can do role plays with Zoom if you want to go that route, if you're doing live presentation Zooms. Don't get stuck in your head so much about that, how am I going to find this person or do this, right? Just you're going to have to ask people. You're going to have to make the commitment, okay? People aren't going to raise their hand and be like, sure, you, I want to practice working 15 minutes, 30 minutes on two days a week. It's the people that want to be the best that are going to want to do this. Okay. Excellent. Um, bring them on video. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know how to do that. Cause on, it says bring them on. Oh no, just, Oh, you're here watching. Sorry. Give me a notice. It said, do I want to bring you onto the video? Maybe we'll do that in the next one at some point. But, um, yeah, if you guys have any questions, more than happy to answer. So last thing that I'll address and I'll let you guys have a wonderful lunch. If you haven't already, um, I wanted to just go through and talk about for a second here, our vital signs, right? And just make sure that we've got these dialed in. So I'm going to just show you one more time here. I've been seeing some people turn in these sheets and when I'm watching this happen, there is a, there is a, um, I know I use the word ritual a lot, but there is a consistent way that you should be doing this that is really powerful. And it's the, the, the therapy of going through it and filling in every box. So even if it's a zero, if I walk, if it, today is Tuesday and it's the end of the day and I use my daily accountability sheet and I fill in my numbers and I didn't have an appointment today, I need to put a zero there to tell my brain, hey, you, you didn't have an appointment today, Brendan. Like that's, that's no bueno, right? That's not good. And so some of us are just going, I'm only going to fill in the number, number when, I, when I have something to report. That's not the point of this. It's the therapeutic process of going through and going, Every day, reminding yourself of the seven vital signs, looking to the right and knowing what you were supposed to do, and then going, dang it, I didn't nail it today, right? If I had three conversations and I know I'm supposed to have seven today, then I've got to add another four on top of the conversations I have tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm really behind. So at the end of the night, I go, okay, I got to go to bed at nine o'clock. I can't stay up and, and play, you know, you know, karaoke or video games or whatever you're into or play on your golf simulator, whatever you're doing. I have to go to bed because tomorrow I've got to make up these extra conversations that didn't happen today because I'm an elite professional, right? And all of that starts with this powerful sheet, which is just the daily accountability scoreboard. So as I said, if you're struggling on numbers, 
not quite sure what your numbers are. This is all this comes down to is just understanding how many conversations is my goal for the day, right? And, and this person's is 25. Where are those conversations coming from? What is my total at the bottom at the end of the day, right? For everything that I have. And then all I'm going to do is take that, stick it on here. So if today was Tuesday, I had 10 conversations, two appointments held. I had one signed, one closed unit. That closing was a 450,000 in GCI or 450,000 in volume, excuse me. I made $3,115 in paid GCI, meaning that's how much I made in my, my revenue. And I added one ambassador that's on 46 touches or more. Okay. People get freaked out about these fractional numbers here on the, the right-hand side. Uh, and I don't know if you can see my cursor. Maybe you can, maybe you can. I don't know. Uh, anyway, if you can't. But on that right-hand side, sometimes we get freaked out when we're looking at this and going, well, how can I have 0.25 closings a month? You're not having 0.25 closings. You're having one closing a month divided by four weeks. If it's a four-week month or five weeks, it's going to come out to this. But what we're really doing is the total amount of sales divided by how many weeks you're going to work in the year. So it should be fractional. Everyone in our body, like everyone asks me, I should round this up, right? No, do not round up anything or round down anything. It's okay to have percentages. These are going to add up when you're putting them into your dashboard. All of this numbers is going to com uh, compile and provide you all of the data so that you're going to have success. Okay. So as a, as a sales professional, I always tell people a few things. Number one, you need tools in your business. If I was, if I was a carpenter, I would need to be extremely efficient with my hammer, my screwdriver, my drill, my rip saw. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about carpentry, but I would imagine you, you would have to be good at these tools, right? Um, so, so looking at this, right, the same thing in your real estate business, you have every single day, a daily accountability scoreboard, a weekly scoreboard, a digital analyzer, a CRM, right? Your, your management of your data, right? Your, 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 your contact relationship management system. You're going to have that system developed. That's a tool that you have to be very good at. Then we need to practice what we're doing, right? And then we also have these other pieces that we have to add along on the way. Social media, and maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's direct mail, maybe it's um, pop buys, maybe it's this. But just remember your ability to scale and grow your business to make sure that you're getting the amount of referrals that you want is all determined by your, your ability to follow simple processes. That's it. That creative bug is going to smack you all the time being like, I know you did that last week, but what if this week you did something totally different and tried something totally different? You've got to take that devil, like we said today, and smack it off your shoulder and be like, dang it, I want to have life-changing income. I'm going to build the systems and processes that I know others have done and used, what we call modeling, right? Systems and models. I'm going to model off of these others. And once I have those built, then I'm going to sprinkle on my, my creativity. But not until you have the system and the model built first. Okay. Um, 
And I love it, right? Kazan, so I'm guilty of that. The zeros look dismal. We'll start adding them. They will become less anyway. That's exactly right. Yeah, thank you for that great comment, Kazan. Yeah, all we are trying to do is tell our brain, if I had a zero here, if I start dominating that top row, it's just like everything else. It's going to go do 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 and then we're going to bookend it with ambassadors at the bottom going, okay, if I have conversations about buying or selling real estate and they're getting better because I'm practicing my sales conversations and I'm doing these, these techniques and I'm learning how to, to become more skillful because I, I, when someone asks me, hey, um, would you be willing to do this for 3%, 1%, a flat fee of $500? And you go in that second pause, well, I guess maybe... Uh, uh, you just, you just gave up your worth, right? If the other agent goes on the other end, you're, you're in a negotiation right now, a sales negotiation, uh, and they go, hey, would you just be willing to go back to your buyer and just ask them if they would come up another 5,000? What you say to that agent right then in that moment could be the difference of that deal going under contract or not. It's all the art of communication.